0: Welcome to Conversations on Life, Work, and Love, hosted by coaches Bonnie Blackstone and Ramey Gibbs. Our focus is to give voices to Gen X women and help them achieve a well-lived life.
1: Hi, good afternoon, Ramey. How are you?
0: Hey, Bonnie. So I hear you had a big day this last weekend.
1: I did, Cinco de Mayo. I had a birthday.
0: You did
2: have a birthday. I did
1: have a birthday. So, yeah. Here we go. Another trip around the sun.
0: <laughs> that's right. That's right. But, you know, yeah. it's just a year, right? It's just oh, a yeah. number.
1: <laughs> I, that's what I thought until uh, my son asks me, uh, how are you going to be on your next birthday? And I told him, 59, and I wanted, to, literally wanted to have a panic attack. I'm like, oh, my God, okay. to hear myself You're say like, that. Oh.
0: <laughs> I'm going to puke right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's
1: all good. It's just a number.
0: It's just a number. You're doing good though. So this is good. So cool. And I am now a week out from my big vacation. So we're getting excited about Ireland here and trying to get all ready to go.
1: Awesome. I'm excited for you.
0: Yeah. So good. Well, we have a special guest today and I think we'll just jump in and get her introduced and let her tell us more about what she's doing. So today... We have Miss Anna Charles, and she she is joining us from the UK, and she helps high achievers to reclaim their lives and achieve permanent freedom around alcohol. She teaches a simple, doable way to live a full life without worrying what's in your glass. As a high-performing vice president at a Fortune 500 company, Anna was far from being an alcoholic. She just thought she drank a bit too much, but found it difficult to cut back. She figured out how and now coaches other high achievers on how to do the same. Anna is also the host of the 90 Days Later podcast. So
2: welcome, Anna. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes.
1: um, This is uh, really kind of close to home for me because as someone who's uh, a social drinker and Also, um, find myself habitually drinking, stress drinking. Um, This is, yeah, you you dance a fine line there. So I'm really excited to hear your story and your take on it and gain some pointers for my own well-being. So,
2: Well, brilliant. Thank you, Nisan. Thank you for having me on here. And yeah, for me, as I said, um, as Remy said in sort of my intro, I was a corporate girl for many, many years. I had a very senior level job. I had hundreds of people reporting to me. I had a profit and loss I was responsible for for over $60 million, a lovely family. Everything was great. Mm -hmm. But this one thing, I thought I used to just drink a little bit too much. I was never really out of it per se but it was habitual it became daily and it was just one of these things that it didn't seem whatever I tried I would be right back to it every morning I say right that's it I'm not going to have a drink tonight and I could power through a couple of days and then boom I'd be right there with it and I realized it it had become such a habit and that the day I realized I got to that point. I remember it very clearly. I often tell the story I was cooking. Cooking and drinking used to go hand in hand for me all the time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's very common. And there I was in my kitchen laying all the ingredients out. And right there, slap bang next to the onions, was a full glass of um, Chablis. It was what I used to drink, white wine. Mm -hmm. I had no recollection of pouring it. It was just there. Mm. My husband wasn't in the house. I checked. (laughs) And it was at that point, it struck me that this was part of my cooking, right? So I'd get the ingredients out and I'd get the wine and I'd drink the wine and I'd cook. Hmm, Interesting. And it was like, oh, oh, don't like this, you know? And so I just said, okay, this is, this is it. And I had gone through all these cycles of going to do something. And I did figure it out. I had sort of got into coaching a little bit and I did. And it was, I tell you ladies, it was such a miracle. And I used the word Advisedly, I mean, very carefully, that I said, I want others to have this too. I just, Mm this is to be able to share this that you can go from as I was to now, I couldn't care less. I couldn't, I don't think about wine at all. It, It doesn't bother me. I have no desire for it at all. I don't, I don't talk about sobriety and being sober. I don't believe in those labels. A lot of my clients who come to me, they just want to moderate, which is totally fine. It's about, as we said in the intro, having freedom, freedom to decide, setting your own goal and achieving it. And that's what I do.
1: Oh, that sounds great. Um, I'm curious that people come to you with the um, desire to moderate, to cut back, such as myself. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you tell the difference between that person and someone who's an alcoholic and is that something that you would address or advise elsewhere?
2: It's part of when I... Before I coach anybody, I have a call where we get to know each other. And mm-hmm. that's one of the gates I go through. If anybody is drinking to avoid withdrawal, so they have the shakes, you know, they 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 literally cannot function without it. Uh-huh. Even if it's sort of... We talk about functioning alcoholics, but if sure. they you know, need a drink to get through the day, I will gently say, coaching isn't for you right now. You know, I would I would then have them go towards medical doctor. I'm not a doctor, I don't get into that. But if it's somebody who lies like me, drinks a bit too much, can go without often, you know, I've had clients who've gone for a year or two without drinking, and then they're right back to it. So it's that kind of person. That's what we do. And I often find people come in saying they want to moderate because they cannot conceive of a life without alcohol in it Mm. because we attribute alcohol um, plus life equals fun but then the really interesting thing Bonnie that happens is as we go through the coaching then they start to say ah well I might be interested in not having alcohol in my life or I'm starting to imagine that I could that it would be all right because we have this thing that it's going to be so dull and dreary, and we're going to be the weirdo nursing the orange juice. Everyone's going to think we're an alcoholic, and but actually, it isn't. Doesn't have to be that way at all. So it's kind of be like a like a stepwise thing to get to it. And then I have people who. At one one of my clients, it was very sweet. He said he had gone from having to think of reasons why he shouldn't drink, why he didn't want to drink early, to now thinking of reasons why he wants to drink. He really doesn't want to do it,
1: so he has to come and up he with comes the reason. up with a
2: reason. And if he can't, and we, the deal we have is if he doesn't come up with a good reason, he doesn't drink. That's
1: that's beautiful. I love that. It's so woven into our um, social construct and it's it's something that it uh, a bit of a struggle for me too i mean um what am i going to do during happy hour where will we meet coffee doesn't sound like fun you know it's it's funny that that chatter in your head like mm-hmm. i truly do enjoy um happy hour or wine hour with a good friend and losing track of time and talking. And to be honest, that seems strange to do over tea or coffee, but I would love to relearn that crazy thinking.
2: <laughs> and and that's it exactly. I think this is it's a skill that we learn. I say to people, you've just learned how to be a very good drinker. Mm what you've learned and we're going to learn how to not do that anymore and we do have all this social um let's say the social construct out there and and i also say that sort of life in society there's there's two types of drinker people think about they think about the alcoholics on the park bench how a lot of people say well i'm not on a park bench mm-hmm. so you know, kind of i'm feeling all right there and then we have everybody who drinks normally and if you are in the middle um, it's a very dodgy place to be because I remember saying, I think you know, I need to get a little bit of help on this. And you people tell me they are they're uh, pushed towards one of two avenues: AA, which isn't for them; they don't identify with that at all, or they're told, "Stop making such a fuss. You drink less than I do. You're going to be such a bore. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just you know, you're going to ruin my fun. What are you? What are you doing? And and all of this is put on us." And really, at the end of the day, when we get into this, what I teach people is to have trust in themselves, put themselves first, and to understand that the experience that we create is something that we create. The alcohol does nothing, right, Bonnie? Because the the alcohol is just wine. Right. It's liquid in a glass. Right. Literally, Mm -hmm. Or liquid in a bottle, literally. Right. Right. And you probably have your favorite drink. So my drink was white wine, hmm, red then, wine, right? Red wine, okay. Hmm. And then there was something else. So tell me something you don't like to drink.
1: Oh, scotch. Right. Scotch.
2: <laughs> I mean, I am yeah.
1: When I get right. in a social mood, you, I pretty much will drink whatever you hand me. But, but
2: right. So I had. Yes. I used to do, so I had whiskey. I didn't didn't used to like, and it wouldn't matter really. I mean, I just didn't ever really want it it was just Mm -hmm. I just wouldn't choose it and so it was easy to not drink it but it is still alcohol it's still liquid in a glass Mm
1: -hmm. it's it's funny you say that because I will often joke about the um, certain bottles of liquor that's in my cabinet and I'll I'll joke like well obviously I'm not an alcoholic I'm not drinking those they're terrible you know somebody brought it and left it here and I don't want it obviously I don't have a problem or I would drink it
2: Well, but we say that, but then think about it. Somebody else could come in and say that is just the most delicious bottle ever. That bottle in your cabinet, I can't hold myself back from that, right? And so, how we—it's how. So that's what I do. We look at the reasons why we drink, and we pull it back, and we do it to level of that level. Because then, when you understand that, and when you don't have the desire for it, and there's various things that we do. You won't be going towards it. It is just liquid in a glass. It is just, it just sits there. It has no power. This is what I teach. It has no power unless we decide to respond to that and give it the power and so, well, you know, people say, Oh, that the wine is just speaks to me. It calls me. And it's like, if you're going around talking like that, then guess what? You're going to want to drink the wine.
0: Mm, that's very yeah. true. Yeah. So, how do you help change people's mindsets around it?
2: So we start by I start by sprinkling consciousness over it. Because I think a lot of us are very automatic drinkers. A lot of us, if we're habitual, we don't like me and the and the wine and the onions, we don't know we're doing it. We're not really aware of it. We might say, Oh, yeah, whenever that person, you know, says have a drink, I always say yes. But we start by just getting super aware just really understanding when we're drinking how we're drinking why we're drinking if we can answer that how we're feeling what we're thinking about it do we drink because of stress do we drink but whatever whatever it is we start to we start there and then once we have that awareness then we start to say okay how can we think about that differently and how can we uh, manage those feelings so much of this is down to our emotional well-being because if we think of stress, what we've done is we're stressed and then we have a drink. We teach our brain that when we're stressed, we drink. And the brain is a really quick learner. And it will then tell you, uh-huh, Anna, you're feeling stressed again. Here's that white wine. that worked right. last time. And then we'll do it again and again and again. So we get become aware of that. And then I say, OK, so if I'm coming home at the end of the day, I had a big job, and I'm feeling stressed, that's probably pretty normal, it's probably pretty understandable that I'm going to feel stressed at the end of a working day. Right, I'm, yeah. I'm likely to not going to feel super chill and relaxed. And so it's not a problem that I feel a bit relaxed, a, a little bit stressed. And how can we then in that moment, so maybe I want to feel relaxed. How can I get a sense of relaxation without it being in the bottle? And I can do that from my mind and you know so i have people i have some steps i have them go through and we look at how we're feeling in our bodies and so on but we stop making feelings a problems one of the other big ones it's not a problem to feel sad or mad or angry or stressed or frustrated because we're all going to feel that at some point sure yes, mm-hmm. and so once we start to do that and we start to understand have the awareness and we start to be able to feel the feelings and then we ha- i have a lot of that uh, of intention Right. So when we have the awareness, okay, we're going to decide ahead of time what we're going to do today. We're going to decide what we're going to drink, just like we would decide a menu plan. We're not going to leave it to chance. We're not going to leave it to when we really want it, because we know in the morning we really don't want to drink because we don't drink at breakfast. That would be kind of weird. Right. But we know when (laughs) six o'clock comes around. So we're going to decide in the morning or even the day before what we're going to do at six o'clock. And then I have some techniques for when the urges come, because they will come knocking. We expect that, of course, because they've been coming all these years. And Because a lot of people are freaked out. Oh, there's an urge. It feels so bad. But hey, you know, we expect it. And then I teach them how to really feel through it. And they will fail a lot. And then they'll learn things. And then it just gets easier. And we just repeat, repeat, repeat. And I, I'm through every step of the way I help. I sort of support them through
1: that. I listened to your latest podcast this morning ah. and you talked about um, the unfiltered view of your life. So when you drink to um, mask, stress, sadness, and now you're faced with that unfiltered yeah. view of life. I, I loved that you used the unfiltered view as a, a term because that's what you're doing. yeah.
2: Yeah. And and it's it's a little bit like I say, and one of the most glorious things is if you do go through this and I say people, it's like there's a fog. It's like this belt of fog surrounding our life. And we don't know the fog is there because it's just there. And then as we start to see that we can have fun without alcohol, as we see that we can actually feel stressed and be all right with feeling stressed, it's not a, you know, it's not a big deal. As we start to get control over this, that fog starts to lift, and that's when. So to start with, that unfiltered is very hard because then all you see is you see all of this stuff that you've been drinking against. You see all the frustration, and and that's the you know sort of the unfiltered bit there. But then once you can feel your way through that, it does lift, and then you see this never-ending vista. That is your life. That is your future life, and that's why I have clients who change jobs, who do these one at one the point in time. He's um, publishing a blog that he's been trying to publish for over two years, and in a week, he wrote a blog that he's been half writing for twenty-eight months. Wow! And it's because mm-hmm. alcohol isn't in his life anymore, and this and what he's learned about how to feel the emotion um, and and be okay with himself, then translated into being okay with publishing something and for all the world to see. And so So you just have this life.
0: You stop numbing, right? And so then you can start to feel and start to do and
2: experience. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But to start with, after you're numbing, it is, oh, because you see the life, you see the maybe the marriage you're not happy with, you see the job you're not happy with, you see the, 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 the.
1: clarity. That is not
2: nice. No. But that is, I don't like this phrase, but I can't think of a better one. That is the truth of your life at that moment. Sure. Yeah. And then you see you can do something about it. And then once you start to be able to accept that. Decide what you want. That's when this, and that's why I ended up doing this coaching thing. Never in a million years would I have foreseen this. I mean, I was a corporate girl. I was just going to stay in corporate doing, you know, tech stuff. And I'm talking to you two ladies about (laughs) something that is so magical. I mean, it's just, it all came from seeing what you're capable of when you just remove this thing, which is just too much white wine in my
1: case. Yeah. Well, I think most of us come into coaching from our own story. Mm. Um, you have, uh, you've received some clarity or, or, a, a, the gift of coaching or the urge to tell your story and your success and, and your struggle through it puts, puts us in this coaching seat. And yes. that's how we all get here. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, um, the changing of that habit. As you, you said, all of a sudden you glanced at the onions and there was your glass of Chablis. Um, I know you're not alone. I do the same thing. I mean, the, um, sudden awareness of, oh, I I wasn't going to drink tonight. Oh, well, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't put it back. I mean, I can, (laughs) but it's interesting. So tell us, um, because as you said in your podcast that I was listening to, changing habits is hard. We hear that all the time. Oh, it's hard. It's hard to stay on a diet. It's hard to... Quit drinking. It's hard to exercise us. Uh, so it's, it's a drag.
2: It is hard, but this is where, um and especially in drinking, I suppose it's a bit like a diet. We have, there seems to be this phenomenon that, you know, so you over drink and you struggle with it. And then we've got, right, it's going to be day one tomorrow, right? Going to go right. so it's going to be day one. I mean, why? Well, I don't know what's going to change overnight right from from this to to day one, and then and then people get to you know day seven and then ugh, screwed up against going to be day one tomorrow. So it's after we have this awareness and we have this intention behind deciding what we're going to drink, I then have people say, right, well, we're just going to work on one little thing, right? What is one little thing you can do differently today? Just one little thing? Right. So if it's perhaps we're not going to you're going to pour that if it's normally at six, we're going to try and pour it at 630. Still going to drink the same amount, but we're just going to do that a little bit, a little bit differently. The other thing I always say is I, I have people be kind to themselves. We are incredibly judgmental and full of guilt and full of shame. Yeah. that mm-hmm. we have this problem with alcohol. i mean even saying we've got a problem with alcohol i mean you say that to someone they'll kind of roll their eyes and but if we said i've got a real problem with i don't know chocolate then it's oh yeah i have to you know yeah, yeah. it's totally mm-hmm. that's totally fine right. so i have i you know, say so, so we don't have guilt we don't have shame we don't have judgment this is For many, many, many people, this is just like cleaning your teeth twice a day. It's just a habit you get into. So we just start to say, what little thing can you do differently today? Just 1% change. Try to edge it because every little change is getting you out of the routine. It's getting you out of that. This is what I do the same thing every day. And as I was saying just now, this ability to see how we're feeling, because there's two reasons why we drink ultimately it's because we have a feeling right now that we don't like we want to get rid of so for instance we're feeling stressed and we don't want to feel stressed or it's because there's a feeling that we want that we do not yet have so we might want to feel joyous or I don't know relaxed or calm or something right that makes sense. so how so learning how learning that and identifying those feelings and then being able to give that to ourselves in the moment, regardless of what is going on around us is is how we then make the change and so much of that is just just again just being aware of how we're feeling and one what little thing can we do and that's what I coach my 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 clients on and we'll say so tell me what the situation is and here's what what are we going to agree you're going to try tonight and then you're going to go again tomorrow night if it doesn't work what did you learn from what you did last night okay we'll try again tomorrow night and then we'll try again the third night and we just keep edging 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 and that's how you change a habit because this is all wrapped up in dopamine and the expect because we can feel i don't know we can feel really excited at the idea of that glass of wine it might be three hours off Mm -hmm. that's because that's dopamine at work so we look at how we're gonna you know be handling all of that in these tiny 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 little ways we don't go from this to something brand new overnight
0: so how by- do you? Yeah. Yes, it does, actually. <laughs> so how do you address, so a lot of times we'll see two different kinds of drinkers that are not problematic drinkers, if you will, or not alcoholics. Um, mm-hmm. So you've got the person who drinks every night, you know, they come home from mm-hmm. work and they were like, please mm-hmm. drink to relax. And mm-hmm. then you've got the person who binges on the weekends because mm-hmm. that's when they do all their social stuff, you know, mm-hmm. in, the, in the US, it's sitting down to a football game and, you know, a lot of people... Will go through a six pack or even a case of beer um, or it's all social time out with the girlfriends or, you know, whatever. So do you approach them the same way or just, do you have different techniques for both?
2: It's the same because if you're drinking at the end of the day, it's because you're drinking because you've got the stress buildup and you you, you know, want to relax. And what I tend to find with the weekend drinkers is that they're just kind of willpowering their way through the week because at the weekend they relax. It's the same thing just the way it shows up is a little bit different right and and it's permissible right we say it's permissible at the weekend to drink because that's my drinking time and say so, okay well let's let's think about that let's think about what's going on in the week that means that at the weekend you have to have a blowout because it's totally normal but Frank, many many it's natural and it's very easy to just have a glass or two on a friday i have mm-hmm. clients who go to that so what's going on during the week and you see, they they won't be thinking that there's something going on in the week, but guaranteed there's something going on in the week in the same way that for the daily drinker, there's something going on during the day, right? Because we come so I just I'm stressed, I've got to relax now, and I've got to put the children to bed. So I've got 30 minutes of me time, right? I see that a lot. And then again for the weekend drinkers, well, I've got to drink on the Friday night because that's the that's the time set aside for it. I can't during the week drink during the week because i've got all this need to be really good and serious and all buttoned up but it's that being buttoned up that is causing the over over consumption at the weekend yeah
0: that totally makes sense
1: it's such a strange thing this this drinking um nobody is a um i need to unwind with some heroin or i'm going to okay. binge use heroin for the weekend um so there's that and then there's just this weird there's shame on both sides of it um it's there's you know the shame spiral in wow I needed to unwind so hard I didn't pay any attention to my kid last night I feel like a worst mother ever or there's the the I've been in situations um, at at bars where I'm not drinking and I'll ask, you know, the bartender for, um, can I have a club soda with a splash of cranberry juice and a lime? And they give it to me in one of those giant like soda cups. And I'm like, can I have a cocktail glass? Like an adult? Um, And they roll their eyes like you're putting them out of, you know, whatever. And so it's such a weird space.
0: Yeah, it really is either way.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's shame on both sides.
2: You know, it's funny because my go-to drink at the moment is I like San Pellegrino mineral, sparkling mineral in a wine glass. And I asked for it in a wine glass and I'm like, Because mm-hmm. I don't want these kid tumbler things. Exactly. I, mean, I don't. What? so there's we've got that we've got the husband my husband the other night it was quite funny he drinks occasionally and he was drinking alcohol-free beer totally fine so he had one which was good we had a new waiter come around and he said oh can I have another alcohol-free beer please and he said really he said yeah and and the waiter brought beer he said, regular <laughs> because because <laughs> I, I, he, he truly didn't think that it was a genuine order the alcohol-free yeah wow yeah, it, yeah. But like you said, you know, with the the heroin thing, you know, we wouldn't go around saying that we're all having heroin tonight. Right. You haven't had your heroin. You're going to you're going to spoil my evening because you haven't had it. We've had it. You know, you always used to be such a big heroin take. So, so much of that, though, you know, we get into is other people. Yeah. And, and that keeps, that actually keeps so many people stuck for so long. They don't want to feel judged. I mean, the message boards are full of, you know, how do I tell people I'm not going to have anything to drink tonight? Mm. Well,
0: Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a thing. So Bonnie and I were just talking about this briefly before you came on, I'm at the point where I don't drink and it's, you know, we were talking about, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Marie for but she has this, this concept. If you go into the concept with, I can't versus I don't. Yeah. Um, then if you go in with it and say, I, I don't drink versus I can't, then it's much easier to stick with it. But so I have um, some health issues that make it not good for me to drink. I feel like crap if I drink basically. So I don't. Um, but it is awkward sometimes. And I feel like I have given up some of my social things because of that. You know, I, I'm not going out drinking wine with my girlfriends. So it's tricky.
2: Well, we make it tricky. So but here's the here's the thing I would say to that. People are gonna think they're gonna think stuff whatever you do. Right. Right. Whether you have a drink or not, they're either they might think she's a real lush or they might think she's so boring. Or they might think, my, look, at I am so in admiration of her for what she said. They might not, they won't tell you that, but they're going to think any combination of that. I always said to people, I always used to say when I would say no, and they would sort of push back on it, on me having, I think, well, they must just be really, you know, enamored with my ability here. That's why they just (laughs) can't believe that it's so possible to do this. Um, So they're going to think whatever they want. Once, and I say let them go on and think whatever they want Mm -hmm. what you think is the important thing and and I would never um have one of my you know my clients one of my clients started working with me I think it was something like the 14th of December just going into Christmas and she's in the UK and there's a big green drinking culture at Christmas and she was a bit she wanted to put it off till January and I said no 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 we're doing this in December and she said it was brilliant because she realized then that she could go through christmas with all the temptation and it said it's just opportunity after opportunity to practice yeah Mm -hmm. right and and then but then if people are listening and they're really worried about what to say i say just just think of something really simple and say i prefer not to drink or i'm not drinking tonight you don't need to make up some excuse about driving or because then you're putting the, the power back to the person I prefer not to. I'm just not drinking tonight anymore. I'm choosing yeah. not to.
0: That's, and most people will accept that.
2: Yeah. Or
1: if you're just, you know, you're flat out, I, I just don't, I don't. Instead of I can't. And then that opens the door to why not. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and actually, most people do eventually give up. And then, and here's the other thing. When people say, come on, you know, you have been so boring. And come on, you know, you're, you're, I'm not having so much fun. They're thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about you. So put you first and say, look, I prefer not to. And then that's it. It's boring. Stop asking me. I mean, it's just boring. I am not going to explain it. I don't have to explain it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to that whole weird dynamic um, behind alcohol itself. And it's so culturally accepted and so in your face and, you know, everywhere. the um wine moms who it's like glorified on instagram the the chugging from the wine bottle and and they're funny it's it's kind of cute and but it like justifies your well yeah we all do it
2: (laughs) i always say try and find a greetings card for a woman in particular that doesn't have wine on it or gin yeah it's true you try you go into any margaritas yeah yeah,
0: it's
2: something, yeah huge huge
1: yeah and, and yeah right back to um you wouldn't celebrate uh, Susie's heroin addiction or oh, <laughs> bring a bag of cocaine to the party. it's yeah. it's so oh. weird you know or
2: any, you know any anything like that you know I say the other the other thing you know you don't even have to talk about hair you can talk about things like tomatoes i mean you do not have any tomatoes or you do not have any, any potatoes tonight i mean mm-hmm. what's wrong we all eat potatoes we just yeah. would we yeah. would think that they were what on earth are you talking about but it's the same thing with wine and beer mm-hmm. that's true very true yeah.
1: yeah do you notice an um an uptick since the pandemic
2: yes was there an uptick there was a slight one I think but what what I what I do notice the behavior I see again and again and again is people will find me and they start to follow my stuff I do podcasts, obviously and I do emails and you know and it can take them often a while to sort of pluck up the courage that's how they say it to talk to me and this is again back to that whole thing of oh if i say this out loud then it then i really do have a problem and i i i don't want to sort of go through that but then we talk about well it is you know it's it's not a problem in that sense it's just this is just something that you have taught yourself how to do i mean that's the easiest way of doing it we we teach ourselves when i first started drinking i didn't particularly like it even yeah oh, sure i mean mm-hmm. you have to work really pretty hard <laughs> To, I went through a fair number of drinks before I found my mm-hmm. um So you know, it's no different the other way around. So yes, there was a bit of there was a bit of an uptick, but I think that what's more interesting is just how they, I can know people are there and they they edge in as they feel because people feel fairly vulnerable about this. And there is no my message is no need to feel vulnerable. There's no need to feel shamed or guilt or anything. You have simply taught yourself how to do this.
0: And so now you prefer- have to unteach yourself,
2: basically, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's a, the
1: perfect message to send out to our listeners that this isn't anything to be ashamed of. Um, it's simply like you said, something you've taught yourself. Um, and you can teach yourself a new habit. Just new like habits,
0: yeah. 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 Just like an exercise routine. Yeah. yeah, getting up and walking in the morning, whatever it is. Mm-hmm.
2: Actually, you have a perfectly well-functioning brain and if you taught yourself how to do this very quickly you have a really really good brain so you'll be able to teach yourself you can use that same tool for the opposite that's the message perfect
0: yeah so and I hear a lot of passion in this coming from you do you feel like you are now living in your purpose
2: yes yes you know when I when I I, and I, I sort of choke up a little bit and I apologize in advance if I do but when I think of what my clients tell me that now, what they're able to do, and this one recent, she said she had this. She always was monitoring her blood pressure, and you know, she the, the weight that she felt that she wasn't being healthy, and now she is healthy because she doesn't do this. I mean, I, I can't. It is it is totally priceless because I know this is just the beginning, right? That's the as we are saying earlier. You get this thing figured out. Everything changes because you see, I can do scuba. One one client couldn't scuba dive because it wasn't safe, but now can. Huh? Yes. Dispatch so much more than the alcohol. That's what I'm passionate about because, mm-hmm. and it just, and, and you just don't believe it, right? People just don't believe it's possible. And I say, it's totally possible. I know it's, and I, you know, I will believe in it for you until you strong enough to believe in it for yourself yeah it's so it's it's so fab I can't tell you (laughs) it's
0: amazing it, it really is and we so we always like to ask our guests when they come on to talk to us a little bit about your spiritual path and I'm not talking about religion it's just your connection to all that is or whatever is for you um so because we are saying how this is your purpose and you've stepped into that how do you feel like that is part of your spiritual path
2: I believe that things happen for a reason and things always work out as they should. I've had numerous instances in my life. I remember one time many years ago when I was very unhappy in a job, very unhappy, started to sort of um, pseudo apply for other jobs. And on the day that I decided I was just going to leave the job that was unhappy, I got an offer for my dream job the same day. Uh-huh. And this has been going on for months. So, uh, so I believe that there's that there's there's a purpose out there that we have a path. Everything happens for the right reason. I love. Um, I'm not necessarily religious, but I. One of the things in the UK we have this place called Stonehenge. Oh, it's this sure. old monument, and I go there on the summer solstice. The druids come. Okay. Um, and it's just because it's this it's this belief in rebirth and people are there and you touch the stones and you just i feel this connection with the past and with all the the knowledge and with the ground and it's it's very um very cathartic i suppose in a way that so that's that's where i believe I, there is this universe and that things happen and i think you've just got to put you've got to do your bit though you have to put your best foot out there Absolutely, uh, and not and not quit. But you know, everything happens for a reason, and, and the path just it just it appears. It just appears.
0: The connections to all that is, yeah. That sounds. I mean, I'm picturing you at Stonehenge and touching and and feeling the history and all of the. Yeah. connection to just everything it's just kind of like sure. I feel it inside go, I know <laughs> <laughs> I want to do that <laughs> I want to do it yes yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's super cool and it's the only day in the year when you can actually go up and touch the stones as well because they uh, normally you have to go by okay and right mm-hmm. okay yeah
0: that's awesome oh, very cool. well,
1: this has all been very inspiring and uplifting We really appreciate it. It's um, And you reached out to us. So there we go. Serendipitous and things happen for a reason. Um, I love it. I think our generation, our age bracket in particular is faced with that, you know, the the influence of the uh, general population around alcohol and the social norms there, but also at a point in our lives where we are wanting to make positive changes and and healthy decisions and you got this you know how many more years left and are we going to live it in this on in this filtered fog state or are we going to pull back that filter and see it for what it really is maybe finally right. you know
2: right and and to know as well bonnie that to know that it is possible and it really doesn't take that long i mean that's the other thing you know we can spend years perfecting this and once you get into once you start and create the new neural pathways, because that's the really crazy, cool thing about the brain, the thing that keeps us stuck in this habit loop is the thing that will ultimately keep us, not stuck, keep us in the new habit loop because okay. the brain likes to be efficient. So when we learn the new way of drinking, it'll stay there because that's what, because you know, it's inherently quite lazy and it doesn't want to make us <laughs> something different. Right. Yeah. The new normal. I love it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So do you have any really wise words that you would like to share with our audience?
2: So I think if I could sum it into one thing, I would say drop the guilt, be kind to yourself, be really kind to yourself. When you decide you want to make, it's totally fine to ask for help. This is not a shameful thing. But when you decide to ask for the help and you take steps, whatever those steps are, Expect to fail, but back yourself up. Be your own truly best friend. Right? Do don't get into this. Oh, such a screw-up. I you know failed again. Be super kind to yourself. Be curious and just always saying, what could I do? What could I try differently next time? Just be be so kind. Being nasty and mean to ourselves gets us, it just gets keeps us stuck
0: absolutely yeah Oh, good. okay so great so where can people find you
2: so they can find me on my website is 90 days later that's nine zero days later dot co
0: we will put that um, on our show notes for sure
2: yeah and as I said I have the podcast 90 days later so that's a great place to start people can um yeah, hear what I have to say. And it, because in those podcasts, I talk about stuff that I used and the things that I use with my clients. Okay. So, and me. Great.
1: And what are you reading these days, Anna? What are some books you would recommend?
2: So, you know, one of my favorite authors is, um, I hope I pronounced his name right, Paolo Coelho. The mm-hmm. Yes. Those. And I'm rereading for the must be the millionth time The Alchemist. I think that has got to be one of my all-time fave books. And my other one of his I really like is a very boring maybe is The Pilgrimage. My family and I we actually did the pilgrimage that he talks about through Spain. We did that a few years ago. Um, So those are probably my two things and then actually on a um another sort of more business you know I just read um Atomic Habits I think it's called mm. by James Clear I think it yes. yes we love that one too yeah,
0: yeah. highly <laughs> recommended pretty book
2: pretty good yeah
0: wonderful and I think you said you had mentioned that there's a website you like to send people to that has a lot of good information
2: yeah I really like the moderation management people they have a very active Facebook group and then their moderation management website and I I provide, um, I do webcasts and things for them. And I really like them because um, they are very welcoming to the, the the idea of moderation because in 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 the area of alcohol reduction, there are some very fairly feisty people who say it's sobriety or nothing, or nothing.
1: else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've heard and that before too.
2: Yeah. And I just, that is totally not where I am, but I really like the moderation management folks and say their Facebook group is very, um, very welcoming. I contribute a lot, obviously, you know, helping, helping people. And I just think, yeah, I just like what they have to say. So if somebody wants to look, try that out, they're a good group. Great.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Anna. It was great talking to you. And we love listening to your accent because, you know, it's so different and unique for us.
1: <laughs> yes, we could listen to you talk all day. <laughs> but it's bedtime where you are.
2: <laughs> it is. I'm not sure you would want to hear from me all day. But thank you so much, ladies, for having me on and for Our helping pleasure. to highlight this topic. And because I truly believe that the more we just talk about this in a normal way Mm. it stops it yes exactly it stops it being such a problem and it will mean that more people come forward and say i think i need help yeah that's
0: great very good thanks again anna thank you so
1: much thanks listeners and for more information um on anna 90 days later.co. and you can reach out to ramey and myself at conversations on life work and love at gmail.com and don't forget to follow and like our show we will share it to too share 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 let's get the word out good stuff happening on the show Join us every Thursday for more conversations on life, work, and love. And when you're ready to find your own voice and your own path towards a well-lived life, we'd love to be your coaches. Reach out to us through our websites.
0: You'll find me, Ramey, at renovatedrealities.com. And you'll find me, Bonnie, at bonnieblackstone.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to review, rate, and follow us on Apple... Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.